Hi Triber, we're back for the next season. Smart Girl Tribe has grown to become the UK's number one female empowerment organisation. We have an event series, a digital magazine, a membership platform and this podcast. What can you expect from us? Interviews from women all over the world who are driving change and pushing the needle forward. From actors to activists to CEOs and conflict photographers to the brains behind some of the world's largest corporations. When you're not tuned in every Wednesday at 6pm, then make sure you're chatting to fellow unapologetically ambitious women in our private Facebook group, the Smart Girl Tribe Society, or sharing our ever so inspirational content on Instagram at Smart Girl Tribe. Did you know 74% of adults have felt so stressed in the UK at some point over the last year, they have felt unable to cope? I have been in that box driver and having heard from so many of you, I know that you have been as well, which is why I thought it was about time to call in a stress expert, Q Celine Sari. We really dive into the root cause of stress However, I didn't want to only discuss the impact stress can have on our mindset and physical beings, but find out really how stress manifests itself in our bodies. The difference between stress and anxiety, if stress can be genetic, and the relationship between the stress we experience and our own birth stories. Yep, how we are born affects our stress patterns that much. This is such an insightful episode and I guarantee it's not the normal stuff you hear about stress. Hi Celine, welcome to the Smart Girl Tribe podcast. Can you just share your story with our audience please? Yes, I would love to. First of all, thank you so much for having me here. I am so excited. Um, So my name is Celine and I am a mindset coach and a soon-to-be breathwork facilitator. And I focus on helping female entrepreneurs create a healthier work-life balance so they can thrive in business and life. And today's topic is stress. And stress is something we all experience, but especially as um, entrepreneurs, it can get crazy at times. So it's really important to learn how to manage stress so we can prevent burnout. And my story is, you know, growing up in school and university, I was in this constant state of stress. Um, I did not have the best relationship with myself. I was also a perfectionist and I put so much pressure on myself to perform well. And um, there were so many different stress causers. Like internally, I was having lots of negative self-talk, low self-esteem. I was struggling with uh, food and my body image. And then externally, there was school, which was really stressful, university later on. And then I was also in a mentally abusive relationship. So I was constantly stressed, constantly overthinking, worrying, comparing. Um, It felt like my thoughts were like running 10,000 kilometers a second. Like it was just so much chaos in my head. And that eventually led me to physical and mental health issues. So I developed panic attacks, um, which were really bad. Um, Eventually, my body also developed allergies. I was allergic to basically everything. Um, I was always tired. I had no energy. It felt like someone had sucked the life out of me, and I was just incredibly unhappy. I cried a lot, and yeah, I, I just felt like my body was breaking down. You know, it was giving up on me. 
And I remember this one day I was on my way back to university at the train station and I had some time left. And then I went into this magazine store and I found this magazine called Happiness Magazine. It was a big, bold letters. It was really colorful. And I was like, oh my God, happiness. That's what I need. Uh, because I was really at my breaking point with everything that was going on. And then that magazine introduced me to mindfulness and spirituality and personal development. And I started, you know, practicing mindfulness. I started going to meditation classes. And at first it was weird and I didn't really see any effects. You know, I was like, okay, this is not working. But um, with time, it really helped me reduce the amount of panic attacks I was having. And yeah, it just helped me deal with stress better. But what was key for me on my journey was breathwork. And that is also why I'm training to become a breathwork facilitator because breathwork is just the fastest and easiest way to really get back to the present moment, get out of your head and into your body. Um, yeah, by just breathing for a few minutes, intentional breathing, it can reduce stress so much and just brings you that instant feeling of calmness. Amazing. And let's talk about stress because you're obviously, Celine, a stress expert. How can we define stress? Yeah. So stress is basically a feeling of emotional or physical tension. And it is the body's automatic reaction um, to circumstances that require a behavioral adjustment. So the stress response is also called or known as fight or flight response. And stress is there to protect you from potential threat. And when we look at stress, there's um, two main types of stress. One is acute stress, which is short-term stress, and that goes away quickly. Um, that can come up when you, for example, have an argument with a friend or a partner. And it can also occur when you do something new and exciting, like public speaking, for example. But as soon as that is over, the stress is gone. And then there's also chronic stress, which lasts for longer periods of time. And that is really any type of stress that goes on for weeks or months. Um, that can be money problems, relationship problems, or trouble at work. And uh, stress is normal. It is a natural reaction. We all experience stress. And in short bursts, it can be positive even because it can motivate us, you know, to meet deadlines, but it can become really unhealthy when it turns into chronic stress and we, when we don't know how to properly manage it. Mm -hmm. And how do you know when you are at breaking point? Yeah, there is different signs. Um, and obviously every person is different, so it will look different for everyone, but just make sure if you resonate with that to be to pay more attention. Uh, one is if you have trouble sleeping. Let's say normally you sleep really well. You sleep like a rock and then suddenly you find yourself not being able to sleep, tossing and turning, really overthinking, maybe even having nightmares um, or anxious dreams. That can be a sign too. Um, the other thing is if you can't seem to focus, you keep zoning out. Whereas before that wasn't a problem. Um, or if you feel like you aren't your usual self, you know, you feel more irritable, more emotional, you snap easily at people. The other thing is if you feel like you just want to hide under a blanket and you withdraw yourself completely from friends, uh, family, or any social interaction and you just want to be alone. 
then also when your immune system is compromised and you're just prone to getting sick more frequently or you have a cold and you can't seem to get over that cold or when things you used to enjoy doing don't interest you anymore and you just abandon your goals and your work suffers and when day-to-day tasks feel like a burden. And the thing is, once you reach a breaking point, it is really difficult to get out of it. So prevention is key. And what we tend to do, what I also did was, I would feel stressed and then just push through it. And there would be so many stressful events and I, I knew my body couldn't handle it. I knew I should take a break, but I didn't. And at some point your body forces you to take a break by having physical ailments or pains, you know, and then you have to pay attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I completely understand. And what are some strategies that can help prolonged stress? Yeah. So first it is important to identify the cause, like what is causing you stress? Is it something that you can take care of easily? Like, is there a practical solution to it? Or um, is it something that will go away with time? Is it something temporary? Or is it something you don't have any control over? Um, that Identifying that. And then if you can find a solution for it, find a solution for it. The other thing is review your lifestyle. Are you taking on too much work? And if you are, can you delegate some of that work? And the thing is, if we are in this chronic stress um, state, we're basically living in our um, sympathetic nervous system. So that's active. That's the fight or flight response. And what we want to do is we want to go from there to the parasympathetic, which is for resting and digesting, calming down. Um, And we can do that by, you know, spending time in nature, for example, are practicing relaxation techniques such as meditation or yoga or also breathing diaphragmatic breathing deep belly breaths will also calm you down generally i would say look at your lifestyle make sure that you eat healthy that you exercise you move your body um, take time to prioritize self-care do activities that relax you um, practice mindfulness and one thing that is so so important is sleep make sure you sleep enough, really prioritize that. And then also change the way you interact with yourself because you can also cause internal stress by talking to yourself negatively. Um, And the other thing is oftentimes stress can also be self-imposed by how we perceive things, right? A situation is just a situation, but we can make it so much worse in our head. And when we look at it from a mindset perspective, if we are in constant stress and we're so used to it, then relaxation can feel really unfamiliar to us. And our mind rejects what's unfamiliar. It always gravitates towards what's familiar. So let's say you are relaxed, it's going to feel weird to your system, and then you're unconsciously going to create drama or stress. So you might pick a fight, for example. And it's important to identify what is the story you tell yourself around stress and relaxation, because so many times I hear people say, Oh, I'm just, I can't relax. You know, like I'm just not made for it. Um, or I work best under stress. So what is your story? And then can you shift that story and can you step into 
that different identity of yours, you know? And for that, I love using affirmations, like I'm relaxed, I'm calm, I'm becoming more calm every day. Being calm and centered is one of my top priorities in life. And just, you know, telling that to yourself every day, looking into the mirror and telling yourself that will help. It's so coincidental, Celine, that you have brought up this idea that people say, I can't relax because that has been something that I have been sharing with people possibly for 10 years. I am someone, I set up my business when I was 19, as you know, so very young. And even before then, I was very academic. And I actually remember in school, people, friends would say to me, oh, can't you just relax, Scarlett? And I said, oh, I'll relax once I've got the grades, when I've gone to my university of choice. Then I secured a position at my dream university and set up a business. So then when people would say to me, oh, can't you just relax? I'd say, but now I have a business. And it's kind of been this narrative that I've been sharing with people that I don't know how to relax because a lot of the time I associate relaxation with watching television. And in my head, I think if it's not productive, it's not worth my time. And Mm -hmm. this is something I've been telling myself. So what can I do? Because you mentioned changing your narrative. So what can I do? What advice would you give me to change my story? Yeah, well, When did you decide to tell yourself that story? Like, who, whose belief is that? Who told you that? Relaxation is not productive. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I don't even know if it's something that anybody taught me. I may have just taught myself. I mean, growing up, I was very lucky with my parents. They're still together to this day. And they're both self-employed. So I saw them working all of the time and I would say their form of relaxation was travel and I'd have to admit that's probably my form of relaxation so if I'm not traveling or if I'm not working I kind of question what I'm doing so maybe maybe it does come from them (laughs) yeah (laughs) we do model our parents yeah (laughs) so knowing that how can I change going forward because you know I've shared this on the podcast and with readers and listeners already I'm not someone who deals with stress very well and the reason why essentially I don't deal with it very well is because I always tell myself if it's not productive it's not worth my time or even if I'm not telling myself that I'm acting like that subconsciously yeah well first change that story don't tell others and yourself that you don't do well with stress because if you keep telling yourself that you're reaffirming it and that's what you're going to see in in your reality because i also believe that our thoughts create our reality um the other thing is have you tried like relaxation practices meditation breath work anything like practiced meditation i would say that that's something that i really enjoy i think it's probably because i associate relaxation for an extended period of time like the time of a film or something I've never seen meditation as relaxation I've seen meditation as necessary hmm. <laughs> as a yeah to a relaxation technique mm-hmm. yeah 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 hmm. well let's see you know because I was the same way I 
wouldn't even meet with friends because I was like, that's not productive. That's not getting, unless they're business friends, they have a business too. And I was constantly stressed. But I realized once, because when you're stressed, you, you feel like, yes, you're productive, but you're so much more productive when you slow down. You know, you, because you are your most important asset in your business and you need to make sure that you feel well. Mm-hmm. And maybe it works well now, but think about the future. You know, if you keep going at this pace, what will that do for you and for your business? Erase that story that relaxation is not productive because it is. It will bring you so much further. Like sometimes we need to slow down to speed up again. Um, and what I would recommend for you is really try breath work because breath work has, has changed everything for me. Um, and meditation can be you said you do meditation, but sometimes it can be really difficult to sit down and you're like, oh my God, I don't have time. But with breathwork, it goes so fast and it just, it brings you into the state where you realize that you don't need to stress so much, that the the problems you have, that they're so small actually. Oh, maybe also reframing would help. Okay. You know, changing your perception about certain things. And the other thing I also love doing is looking at people that are successful, that run a business, that are not so much in the masculine energy and always hustling and doing, but that are more in the feminine and more like allowing, receiving, you know, relaxing a little bit. Because if you know that there's someone like that, you have evidence that it works and that it can also work for you. Okay. So when it comes to changing my perspective or for anyone listening, what can you do to make that happen? Yeah. So as I mentioned, affirmations are really great and uh, repetition is key when it comes to reprogramming your subconscious mind because you have told yourself so many years that relaxation is not productive. Now you (laughs) shift that story and you tell yourself over and over again that relaxation is productive, will make you even more productive. Yeah, just in the morning. What I like to do is I like to record affirmations and then listen to them in the morning when I wake up. And then also at night before I go to sleep, because that's when our subconscious mind is most open and takes in the information. Um, Yeah, that's like what has helped me most. Uh, Other than that, I would, what I like to do sometimes is create your next level identity. Like, how is she? What kind of things does she do in her free time? How does she relax? How does she run her business? Mm-hmm. And how can I become her? Okay. And I'm also sure that I'm not very good, or I've always known deep down, Celine, that I've never been very good in dealing with stress and telling myself these things. And as we've kind of picked up on, it can, you know, come from your childhood experience. What mm-hmm. I would like to know is can stress be genetic? Is it possible that stress is genetic? Possible, yes. Um, so as I mentioned, we all experience stress and some can handle stress better than others. Why is that? Well, it can be genetics. It can also be your upbringing and your experiences in life. Um, and there's, you know, certain genes that predispose you to be more sensitive to day-to-day stress compared to others. And this is also why there's not one perfect way to deal with stress. Like everyone 
has to figure out for themselves what works best. And I'm really a fan of experimenting and just trying out and see what feels best for you. How do the amygdala and vagus nerves react to anxiety and stress? Yeah, that's an amazing question. So the amygdala is in our brain and it plays an important role when it comes to our emotions and our behavior. And it's known for its role um, in the processing of fear. So when you feel threatened or afraid, then the amygdala activates the fight or flight response by sending out signals to release stress hormones Mm -hmm. that prepare your body to fight or run away. So our amygdala is basically like a stress detector. It scans the environment for stressors. And the problem is that our modern world is full of stress. Um, Just, you know, if we look at the news or at social media and we see, for example, what's going on currently with, you know, the pandemic and everything, that will cause psychological stress within us. Um, And your amygdala responds to it as if it's physical stress. I mean, a physical threat, even though it's not. It's just on the media, right? Um, So it's basically freaking out and overreacting to any event in your life. And then the vagus nerve, that's the longest nerve in your body, and it connects your brain to your body. And it is a key part of your parasympathetic rest and digest nervous system. So it influences your breathing, your digestive functions, and your heart rate, and they are all impacted when you are stressed. And what we want to pay attention to when we look at the vagus nerve is the vagal tone, and that basically represents the activity of the vagus nerve. So increasing your vagal tone activates the parasympathetic nervous system, and having a higher vagal tone means that your body can relax faster after stress. And since we talked about genetics before, it is also interesting to mention that studies have shown that the vagal tone is passed on from mother to child. So mothers who are depressed, anxious, or angry during their pregnancy have lower vagal activity. And once they give birth to their child, their newborn has also lower vagal activity. But the vagal tone can be increased by stimulating the vagus nerve. And I just want to give a few um, quick examples how you can do that. One is cold exposure. So taking cold showers on a regular basis. um, That will increase the parasympathetic activity and also lower your sympathetic fight or flight response. The other one is deep and slow breathing. So really deep belly breaths. The exhales should be slow and long. And um, that is also key to stimulating the vagus nerve. Another one is meditation. Stimulates the vagus nerve as well and increases vagal tone. Then exercise. Exercise is great in general. One surprising one is getting massages actually increases your vagal tone as well. And then last is socializing and laughing. And that also helps reduce your body's main stress hormones. So by stimulating your vagus nerve, you send your body the message that it is time to relax and to de-stress, and that will, you know, lead to long-term benefits, like health benefits, and improve your mood and just help with stress reduction. 
So obviously you mentioned, Celine, that it's almost passed on or it is passed on from mother to child if she is experiencing anxiety, if she is, if she is experiencing anxiety or depression during pregnancy. If that was a conversation that one of our listeners wanted to have with their mums, is it a question of asking, were you anxious or depressed during your pregnancy with me? Or is there anything else that can contribute to that passing down? Or is it purely based on whether our mothers had anxiety or stress or depression during the pregnancy with us? Yeah, I mean, you can ask. There's no harm in asking just to understand yourself better. But I usually, when I work with my clients, we do go back to the past, but just to get information we don't want to dwell on the past too much because the past is the past we can't really change anything but we can change things moving forward right and if you feel like you're not that good with stress and maybe you know that your mom was anxious or maybe she is really prone to stress then you know that maybe your vagal activity is low but you also know that you can increase that right and there I just talked about what things you can do to do that so just, you know, focus on the future, focus on what you can change, not on what you can't change anymore. Okay. And speaking of stress and anxiety, can you just explain what the difference between the two is, Celine? Yeah, sure. So, you know, stress and anxiety have really similar physical symptoms. So it can be difficult to set them apart. But usually stress tends to be short term and in response to a recognized external threat. So a tight deadline at work or argument with a loved one. And once the issue has been solved, the stress is gone. So it's a temporary experience unless it's chronic stress, then it can go on for longer. And when you experience stress, you feel sensations of anxiety, fear, resentment, anger, um, you might have difficulties making decisions, you might feel, you know, confused, lack of focus, lack of energy, um, you know, muscle tension, headache, you might have difficulties to sleep. And anxiety, you know, stress can develop into anxiety. So anxiety can be the body's reaction to stress. And the origin of anxiety is usually internal. And even after the stressful event is gone, anxiety still lingers around. That is the major difference. And then with the symptoms, it's the same. Plus, there can also be panic attacks, which basically mimic like a heart attack, like symptoms. You feel chest pain. You get really you know, sweaty. You feel like you're going to faint. Um, you have breathing difficulties. It's not a good feeling. I've experienced them many times. <laughs> um, yeah. And so when, when stress and anxiety overwhelm you and it feels like it's becoming unbearable, then you might want to seek professional help because stress can turn into chronic stress and anxiety can turn into anxiety. What's the name? Anxiety disorder, like that mental illness um, where you will, you know, need professional help from a therapist or a doctor. Of course. And when we experience stress, Celine, as you said, it can turn into, it can transform and become anxiety. 
how long can it become anxiety for if we're stressed over a long period of time and it develops and becomes anxiety does that stay with us for a short period of time or could that also stay with us for a very prolonged period of time talking from my own experience it can stay for a long time I feel like even after the stressful event is over and sometimes anxiety just makes no sense you know you're just worrying making up the worst scenarios um yeah but that's usually because we're so we live in our head you know and our head is the amygdala is always looking for reasons to get into fight or flight and if we're in stress we're already in that fight or flight mode and then it's just normal natural that we have anxiety or that we have these type of thoughts yeah of course no i understand and can you just talk about how stress impacts our digestive system yeah sure so stress can range can cause a range of problems um, in the digestive tract including cramping bloating inflammation loss of appetite it slows down our digestion it can lead to indigestion and also diarrhea, constipation, or nausea. So sometimes you might experience these symptoms and not know why. You might go to a doctor, doctor will say you're fine. Stress might be the reason. That has happened to me so many times where I made stomach was just upset and I was like, what is happening? I don't understand. There's nothing going on really. And then I was like, oh, it's stress. Yeah, no, I understand. And what are some foods that we can have that help our stress levels? Yeah. So generally, I would recommend a healthy, well-balanced diet. What you can include in your diet is more whole grains. Um, Then omega-3 fatty acids are also really important because those are essential fats that your body cannot produce itself. And research has also shown that it helps increase the vagal tone. So it's amazing. And that is in fatty fish like tuna, salmon, or fish oil, or also seaweed, chia seeds, or walnuts. Nuts generally are also great. Almonds, pistachios, walnuts, Brazil nuts, Brazil nuts. Um, They have a lot of vitamin B and magnesium, so make sure to eat a handful of that. And then citrus fruits and strawberries contain vitamin C which helps ease the stress as well. And lastly, cacao is really good. So dark chocolate is rich in antioxidants and that can help reduce stress by lowering levels of stress hormones. And then I also have an additional tip. It's not really food, but herbal teas can promote that feeling of, you know, warm and calmness and peace. Okay, that's really, really sound advice. And talking about stress, Celine, and being a stress expert, can stress become energy or is it stored energy that becomes stress? If someone is going through a really stressful period and they're feeling so much stress within them, does it store itself as energy or do you have energy from maybe past trauma that then, that then can come out as stress? Ooh, that is such a good question. I feel like it can be both. Um, With trauma, you know that it definitely gets stored in the body. Generally, our body remembers everything. Um, 
So, yeah, when we have trauma stored, that can lead to stress, but also stress will affect our body. And then we might feel like, you know, really tense on our neck or shoulder. And then that's where the stress is stored. So, yeah, both. Um, And what are some ways we can release emotional tension through movement? Yeah, I love that question so much. So emotions are energy in motion and they need to be expressed to be processed. And it is important to move energy through our body so we can release it, so we can let go of it. Mm -hmm. And what I like to do is when I do feel stressed or I feel emotional tension, I really go into my body, I connect with it, I feel into it, and I ask myself, what do I need right now? And my body will tell me, or I will have like this impulse, and I'll feel like, oh, I want to dance, you know, or I want to jump around maybe, or I want to go for a walk in nature, I want to run, maybe I want to like shake my body, shake it off. Whatever comes intuitively, go with that. Um, And maybe, you know, you want to cry. Maybe you want to scream. Um, Maybe you want to release anger, hit a punching bag, um, or do some slow movements like yoga. Maybe you want to do some breathing. You know, just whatever feels right to you in that moment, go with that. There's no wrong or right, really. How can or how does stress manifest in our bodies? Yeah, so. There's so many ways stress can manifest in our bodies. Um, For once, it can be, you know, lack of energy or focus, headache, um, upset stomach, or muscle tension, pain, um, weight loss or weight gain, Mm -hmm. frequent colds or infections. And then chronic stress can contribute to a lot of different illnesses because it weakens your immune system. So it can lead to mental health problems like anxiety and depression. It can lead to high blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes, skin problems, menstrual problems. I, I honestly truly believe that stress is the cause for any disease that is out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And do women experience stress differently from men? Yeah, that is such an interesting question and I feel like I'll only be able to give general statements because every person is different and also when it comes to experience experience is very subjective um but for sure both women and men experience stress and they're affected by it equally and what can differ is how they react to it psychologically and biologically and also the situations that can trigger stress So for women, um, often how women deal with stress is more emotion focused. So they will reach out to others, to, you know, loved ones and talk to them. So talk therapy, they will seek out support. Whereas men, they tend to be more problem focused and they will, they're more likely to go into fight or flight. So they will either take action, solve the problem, or they will just escape. And maybe you've experienced this before when you tell a male friend or maybe your partner about your stress and then they give you advice, they give you solutions and you're like, no, wait, I didn't want, I just wanted you to listen, you know, (laughs) I didn't want any advice. And then there's like conflict there because you want to feel seen and heard, but the male is thinking really problem oriented or solution oriented. 
So yeah. And the reason for that actually is uh, this hormone called oxy oxytocin. So we all release the same amount of cortisol, but then females release more oxytocin compared to males. And so that's why we're more likely to, you know, connect with others and not, not go into that fight or flight. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's really sound. Um, I completely understand and agree. And again, Celine, I'm learning so much. Do adults and children experience stress differently? Yeah, that's also such a good question. So again, experience is very subjective. Um, but children definitely do experience stress as well. And it's, again, a difference of how they react to it and what tr triggers stress. Because many stressful events that we as adults don't find stressful will cause stress in a child. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is also children generally distance themselves emotionally from stressful situations okay. and they behave differently than we do to like cope with the stress so they will either you know cry be upset throw a tantrum act out be aggressive um yeah and children learn how to respond to stress as they grow and develop and yeah with with age they will develop better cognitive problem solving skills and oh and one thing that's also sorry to no, but one thing that's also important to say is that babies can experience or can feel when their mom is stressed okay wow yeah. oh my gosh that's really interesting and at what age does stress begin to develop yeah, so we experience stress the day we're born, from the day we're born. Um, like an infant, for example, they have certain needs like love, feeding, you know, attention, affection, comfort. But if the needs aren't met regularly, then they will release higher levels of stress hormones, including cortisol. And then, you know, with each age there's going to be different needs and if they're not met or also you know when you make new experiences you go to school or to kindergarten it's really stressful for a child um yeah and the thing is also when children experience stress on a consistent level so if it's like chronic it can really affect their you know brain development um and their memory and emotions and also how they manage stress throughout their entire life basically so it's a really important period of time yeah. yeah so what can we do then to cultivate a more calming space at home so no matter if we're adults or if we have children around it's a lot less stressful yeah Mm. well one thing I'm not a parent so <laughs> I'm not a specialist in this but one thing is for example you know when the child cries and then um sometimes I hear that moms just let their child in the room and let them cry and I don't 
know if that's really the best approach to do that because the child in that moment maybe just wants love or comfort and it's being abundant and that's really stressful for the child. Um, yeah, that's the only thing that comes to my mind right now, I believe. No, that's really interesting. <laughs> Some physical hotspots where we hold tension are our neck, shoulders, back, then obviously jaw and our stomach, head, but then also our hips, which I think would surprise a lot of people. So other than having massages, is there anything else that we can do to release physical tension or stress that has stored itself as energy in us that then is taking over that place you know it could be in our head it could be in our shoulders we know when it's in our head because we have a headache and more often than not we turn to tablets and we turn to neurofin mm. and things like that but it's a lot better to explore natural remedies so other than massages what else can we do to release physical tension or stress hmm. yoga is the first thing that comes to my mind I have to say it again, but breath work. <laughs> Honestly, because when you do breath work, the energy moves through your body and then you will just, you know, you will release through either screaming, crying, laughing, shaking it out. And that's, your body knows best, you know. We, we try to, most of the time, heal our way through thinking, but we don't really know what our body needs and we don't give our body the space to do its own job. And so when we do breath work, we really like, we just turn off the mind <laughs> and we give our body the space to heal and do whatever it needs to do, to release tension, to move energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And what do you advise for anyone experiencing stress during this you now international pandemic? Yeah. Um, First of all, self-care is really important. So prioritize that, make it the most important thing in the world. Um, the other thing is staying connected to people. So right now, I think things are slowly going back to normal, but before we were all at home, right? Isolated in quarantine. Um, but even now, make sure you are in touch, you socialize, however that looks like in person or online. And just, you know, maintain healthy relationships because that's important for our mental well-being. And also, you know, share what's going on. Talk about your worries. Um, be open, be vulnerable because there's other people who probably feel the same way and then you won't feel as alone and you will feel understood. And the other thing is helping others can benefit you as well. And... Yeah, focus on the present rather than worrying about the future. I know it's easier said than done, but really practice mind mindfulness, be here in the moment. And then the other things that I mentioned before, you know, lifestyle, make sure you eat healthy, you move, exercise, make sure you get enough sleep. And one important thing, be cautious of what you consume because social media and the news can be really, really overwhelming and can be really negative. So maybe limit consuming that kind of content and surround yourself with more positive and more uplifting um, people, words, movies, books. Mm -hmm. Can yeah. you recommend any supplements, Celine, that will help us maintain balance? 
Yeah, so little disclaimer, I'm not a doctor, not a nutritionist, so I'm not qualified to do this, but what I'm going to recommend you is just from my personal research. And before taking in any supplements, make sure you consult with your doctor. Also, what I highly recommend is um, make sure to get blood, blood work done so you can see if you're deficient in anything because deficiencies can lead to stress as well. Um, and then you can supplement accordingly. One thing that I know is really important is vitamin B to keep your energy levels up because low energy can also lead to irritability and stress. And then magnesium is also important because that's crucial for sleep. And if you don't sleep well, that will lead to stress too. I personally don't take any supplements. I make sure that I pay attention to six things and they are making sure to drink enough water, moving my body, eating a well-balanced, wholesome diet, rest, getting enough sleep, and also making sure I take breaks throughout the day. Um, the other thing is nature because I'm getting my daily dose of vitamin D through sunshine and also fresh air, and then mindfulness or grounding practices. So meditation, breath work, anything that really brings me into the present moment and gets me out of my head and into my body, connects me to myself. And in terms of other supplements, I heard that hemp oil extract is really good, can help you manage physiological symptoms of stress and also CBD oil. And the other thing also is probiotics, but make sure you check in with your doctor first. But you know, probiotics can help you create a healthy gut and that will also help you with stress because if our gut is not healthy, if there's any disbalance, imbalance, um, then that can lead to stress. And you also mentioned having a really strict self-care routine. So mm -hmm. outside of meditation, breath work, exercise, is there anything else that we can incorporate into our self-care routine? Sure, yeah. Honestly, whatever brings you joy. Um, for me, that's going out into nature or maybe just reading a book, you know, just taking that time to be fully there for myself. Um, sometimes it's painting or maybe talking to a friend, meeting up with a friend, whatever feels good to you, really. How often should we be meditating or doing breath work, Celine? I would recommend daily. <laughs> and it doesn't even have to be for that long. It can be with meditation, 10 minutes. With breath work, it can even just be five or less. It's like just intentional breathing, conscious breathing. Okay. And I always end the podcast with two questions. The first being, what is your favorite quote or the mantra you live by? Mm-hmm. That is, everything is happening for you in perfect timing. Wow, that's really powerful. I love that. And finally, what books or podcasts would you recommend to our audience? Maybe anything stress-related? So the first podcast that comes to my mind, it's not necessarily stress-related, but it's all about personal development and, you know, connecting with your body. Um, and that is Hungry for Happiness by Samantha Skelly. And I absolutely love Samantha Skelly. She's also my breathwork trainer and she introduced me to breathwork and she also has a few podcast episodes on breathwork. Wow. And then any books that you would recommend? Books. Oh my God. Actually, it's not a book. 
it's I think a movie or a documentary that I watched recently and it was about stress actually and how stress leads to all these diseases and it, I believe it's called You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay and I think she also has a book which I haven't read yet but the movie or documentary was really good and really eye-opening okay incredible and then oh sorry and then also <laughs> um, on Netflix there's this documentary called Heal which I also absolutely love. And they talk about stress and the effects on our health as well. Well, thank you so much, Celine. It's been amazing chatting to you. And I've learned so much about stress and what to do now. So thank you again for joining us today. And I hope, and I hope you've had a beautiful rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. And I hope it was helpful.